Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Today, we're going to look at a mailbag of random things that have come in, and these are all random team problems. That's how we pulled them together. So just a few comments that people have written in that I thought were pretty interesting. So I thought we would have a discussion about these random problems that people are writing in because you know if you write into our podcast we could we could solve your problems your future really everything that you need it's all here kind of the version of Frasier I suppose the modern day Frasier the disclosure is we take absolutely no responsibility for anything that we say we're not responsible for your results. There's a legal issue uh, with regard to that. Please see your counsel, counselors and mental health practitioners, HR professionals, legal counsel, everything else you may need because we completely disavow anything that we say, but it'll be great. So, But, but I, we are listening. But we are. That's right. <laughs> we are listening. So we have... Rebecca Kilzer, who's learning in technology and today therapist. We have Drew Bordis, who's operations and today therapist. And we have Tammy, who's people, purpose, and place and today therapist. And of course, Skip Pritchard, who's also therapist. So we're going to just jump into some random team problems people have written in about. And um, hey, let's see what we have. Most of them are from Drew's team. You know, Tammy actually is our work therapist. If you're, she is. If you're coming to me for therapy, you're not dark place yeah well we're listening to the dark so that we can get over to the light you know you have to have the contrast so here we go i've been told that i'm not exactly a team player i do things my way but this year i decided to really focus on being a team player that's the background for what happened my colleague whom i will call bert i didn't change that name whom i will call bert is not great at what he does he is late he is sloppy his quality is poor. So we all turned things in on a single website as a team. I looked at it and it was a mess. I spent three hours fixing everything and sent him a copy of what I did and then turned it back in. Now this is where it gets interesting in the letter. He never said thanks. He didn't care at all and I am not getting any credit at all for the work. If this is what team playing is, then I get why I am not a team player. It sucks. Is this the way it works? So wow. that's, that's question number one. So you have this person who knows they're not a team player. You're laughing, right? Did you write in on this? Rebecca, is this you? She's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, this is not me, right? So um, wants to be a team player, uh, realizes is not a team player, jumps in to help out in a apparently there's some kind of team website or something that they turn in their work on some kind of portal or something and saw that it was garbage at least in this person's opinion jumped in spent hours fixing it i suppose was thinking that the hallelujah course would go off and that the flags would wave and people would be excited that there's a new leaf that's been turned over and this person is now a team player, but that is not what happened and didn't get the gratitude, didn't get the appreciation and didn't get the credit and is really kind of perturbed about it. So let's talk a little bit about this. What does that look like? What does being a good team player look like in that context? And did anybody in here write that in to me? No, I did not, but I do have some questions. 
I well, first of all, did is it possible that Bert might have been offended by the person's fixing of their work? Absolutely, could be. And were they asked to do that fixing? And then expectation sometimes is the enemy of happiness and satisfaction. So I expected to be recognized. I expected to have thanks and accolades for what I did and I didn't get it, but maybe nobody knew I had that expectation. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of thoughts about that one. One of the things I was thinking as you were reading the scenario was, about expectations and about at the end, if this is what means to be a team player, then I'm not that. And my question is, well, what do you think it means to be a team player? Because I think being being part of a team is like you excellently said, Tammy, is that it's having clear expectations about your own behavior, about the behavior of others and how you're going to be working together. Because if you are a part of a team, you have to work together with the team somehow. Right. And I, that's the question I would ask is what what is the what is the definition of a team player in and how how might the behaviors change depending on the definition? Yeah. And the, you know, the other interesting thing, if you think about this person is somehow it starts off by I've been I do things my way. I'm not a team player. And so this person seems to have been told you're not a team player. And thinks that by taking these actions, I'm going to reverse that label that people have put on me and I'm going to become a team player. The problem is it doesn't work that way. You've already established your reputation as someone Mm. with a certain set of characteristics. And so going into the team portal and redoing things is actually going to, I think, Tammy, generate the opposite conclusion, not you're now a team player, you're here to help, and now I'm going to thank you. But instead, what are you up to? What are you doing? So I think there's going to be a high level of suspicion. So I think the person who gave the advice to be a team player you need to go back to your manager and say um, these questions. You know, what does it look like to be a team player? How can you help reestablish my reputation? How can we develop a relationship and and trust? Because trust is not there, and so you can't just start redoing work if trust isn't there. Either you know, especially if I think that you're aiming to make me look bad and take the credit. That is what it looks like to me, which is not team playing. Right. You're not really after trying to make the team look good. It's very clear from the letter you're after making yourself look good. And so you're actually furthering that negative. I am not a team player reputation. So to me, that that was a key problem. I think you need to back up and go way back and say, who told me I wasn't a team player? What is a good team player? Let's have the team talk about what a good team player is. Let me ask you, how how am I showing up? What would it look like if I was showing up in a way that was supportive? How can I help you with this, that, and the other? But coming in and saying this person is late, sloppy, quality is poor, all of that, I don't think is going to put you on the top of their uh, holiday list for uh, Secret Santa or something. And I mean, what I was thinking of with this was, even if all that's true, Right. I mean, you know, that's that's very subjective. But let's say let's say it's true. Let's say there's there's a, a quality of work problem. Swooping in and doing it yourself is not helping anybody or anything. Right. If it was a short term emergency, maybe, but probably probably not. Right. And it also it's, it's hard to tell from the question. But, you know, did it really have to be 
corrected like that? Or was it your taste? I mean, we all have, none of us run things the same way. None of us would handle every meeting the same way, every problem the same way. And some of it is just style too. So you don't need to go in and do that person's job for them. They need to, part of being a good team player is knowing your role on the team. I think there's a little a level of introspection too that's required from the writer of the question, right? Because it sounds to me like um, there's, and it's hard to say exactly just from what was written, but there might be some sense of pride of you know the label of being not a team player, um, just the way that it came across, mm. and the importance of saying, okay, well, what does this mean to me, and what are my uh, you know goals? Do I want to have a you know, what kind of reputation do I want to have at work? What kind of relationships? What kind of success in projects and all of that? And if you uh, are do- taking actions that reinforce this idea of you not being a team player, to your point earlier, then you're not going to ever get out of it. You have to do something different. That's good. How about l- let's let's talk about when you should be covering for another team player. What If you're in a healthy team, there are times when you're looking out for each other's back. I mean, I think that's one of the hallmarks of a good team. When should you be covering for a weak player or for someone who's struggling? And when is it too much? I think when you're under a very real critical deadline, you know, let's say let's say in, in that example that the, the work product was going to the customer tomorrow and it was a disaster. Well, it's, it's time to jump in and forget roles and get it fixed. Um, it's, you know, that, that, that's back to focus almost from our previous discussion of when it's important, when it's critical, do it. But if it's style, if it's, I'd rather do it this way, I like it that way instead. No. I think the other time to jump in is when you have a strength that might counter that person's area of weakness or just an area where they just don't have built out skills. I mean, Drew has strengths I don't have. I might have one that he doesn't have. And so sometimes I'll go to Drew and say, I I need your thinking on this, or I need you to look at this, or can you please put this in a spreadsheet? Um, Yeah, I I think that's another time is when you know that you have something to offer that that person just is just not their strength or vice versa. What about calling attention to yourself? This person said, um, I am not getting credit for the work. If this is what team playing is, you know, et cetera, I'm not getting credit for the work. So what's the balance between when you should be calling attention to yourself? Because there are times when you do want to make sure that, you know, your your work is recognized and appreciated versus when it's inappropriate and you're taking attention and kind of your neediness is showing more than it should. What's that balance? How do you get that right? You ask somebody who's, who's coming in with this with this question. You know, Rebecca mentioned introspection, and when I hear that question, I hear I, my, I was told, I did, I didn't get thanked. It feels like there there are a lot of expectations, and they earnestly probably tried to do something to counteract that reputation, but it may not even be visible. And they're doing, you know, they're they're trying to apply a fix that is completely off course from potentially the real issue. I, I mean, I think your earlier advice, ask people, I've been told I'm not a team player, or I'm concerned that I'm not perceived as a team player. As you work with me, what do you need from me as a team member? It's a focus on result and, and that outward perspective rather than being too inward focused. 
And, and if you go out with that label, are you reemphasizing that you're not a team player? I've been told I'm not a team player. And then I'm like, oh, I heard that you're not a team player. <laughs> I heard from you. You brand yourself that way. So. But, but I think you're also right. Rebecca was talking about that they, they, there was some pride, I think, in that label of I'm not a team player, which I hadn't picked up on. And the, mm -hmm. these are little, you never know from these little um, notes. So, um, But I, you know, I think part of work though is just, just, you know, the business world and, and the, how we spend our day, every single thing you do is, is not going to be recognized. It's impossible. You, you can't do it. Like you just have to do a good job, continue to do good work and have trust that you will be recognized and rewarded over time. But if you're looking for a pat on the head with every single task you do, I, Good don't, luck. don't work for me. Yeah, and you know, it's <laughs> it's harder too because I think the the higher you go up in leadership, the less and less that becomes the the case, uh, which is true. Well, we have another letter, so I want to get to that because Christina writes in with a late night work problem, and here's what she writes. Christina writes this: I'm a new mom. And doing my best to maintain balance between work and job. My husband is great, splits things with me in, al in an alternating way so that we can both work. The problem is that my boss keeps pushing me to work later and later. At first, I thought it was a test to see if I would work even with a baby at home, but I don't think that's it either. She is also under a lot of pressure right now. Anyway, I need to leave the office by a certain time. How do I raise this? I don't want to pull the, quote, new mom card and make a big deal of things. That's a tough situation. It is a tough situation. Mm -hmm. my, my first reaction was, are we in 2020? I know. Because it seems like that's, you know, 1970. And yet that problem remains, right? I mean, it's it's a real thing. I, I, I also read in there... Uh, I. In addition to the balance between work and home, I think there's also a reticence probably to just ever admit vulnerability, Yes, mm -hmm. uh, which which seemed to scream out to me um, almost like I'm never going to admit. I mean, for, I don't say forget the new baby. It could be anything, right? Anything that requires, uh, you know, sick parent, uh, uh, this, I have a scheduling issue, my car, you know, it could be any number of things. We've all heard them. And I think there's a sense of, I have to show up bulletproof and as the superhero with absolutely no needs. And if I show any uh, need, because it, it didn't even look like this was an every night thing, because it says my husband is great and splits things with me in an alternating way. So it's not even an every single day workday thing either, but it's almost a sense of I must appear completely perfect without any needs as a, as a robot. And if I don't do that, I have somehow failed. So how do we help this person? Uh, and of course, we don't know the boss. We don't know the relationship. We don't know the, the dependencies involved. But how do you, to, to me, what screams out is, how do you develop the confidence to be vulnerable and say, you know, this is the way I need to work. And I will be most impactful and most effective if these things happen in this way. I wonder if the manager even realizes the impact that it's having. You know, this this person may be busy themselves and at the end of a the day, they're getting caught up on things and communicating to Christina. And Christina now is just getting that intake for the first time and feeling like maybe she has to work later to get that done because it just came in. Versus maybe going to the manager and saying, what, what are the goals? What are the objectives? Irrespective of 
um, the role as a, as a new parent could be father, could be mother, could be partner, could be aging parents, could be a variety of things. But if we're focused on what are the objectives, what are the work results, and is there opportunity to be flexible at times if I need to leave at a certain time to you know go pick up the baby um, or deal with an aging parent or a- any other personal matter, can I pick my work up later on to get that done and the time frame that's necessary? I, I really think this sounds like one of those areas where communication may solve most of the issue. Yeah, because I you know you respect her not wanting to what what did she say play the new mom card new or the mom new baby card, card. Yeah. but like having a baby is no small event like it's it's a life event it's yeah. a life event and you're a mess for for i don't know 10 years and or so okay. 20 <laughs> yeah and it's okay like i mean you know that's the, and and I'm I'm glad Tammy said aging parent cuz i was thinking that as well like there's things that happen and they happen to all of us and you've got to deal with it and you've got to and and they're very real so if you're in an environment where you have to be robotic and you have to act like it's not happening, that's not that's not a good culture you want to be in anyway. And I know you can't just well, you know, take it and quit your job and go be somewhere that's happy, but long term you want to be in a place where you can be yourself, you can be a human, you can deal with life issues as they come and your team is there with you. I, I remember being in a scenario maybe similar to this. And I had our second child. I was in an executive position. The other person in my group who was in a you know, similar role was also expecting a baby. We had, we had babies within weeks of each other. And we were both feeling this push. And we both needed some relief. And this was our, our choice. And, and we went to the CEO and said, we'd like to share an executive position. And I'm not suggesting that that's you know, the strategy here. But we labored over the approach we went down, what if this, what if that, what if they say no, what if they let us go, what if, what if, what if. And the result was, you know, nothing. I mean, we worry about things that are going to happen, but the result was supportive. The result allowed us to have more flexibility for a period of time the company made out because they got really essentially six full-time days with one salary. Um, And and it just was a good season for us to make an adjustment um, in our schedule. So yeah, I'd love to see the communication happen here. I think that would help. I think communication is so key, and it's especially important to realize leaders are not mind readers. And so yes. often we just think the boss knows all of this, somehow divines. Like, And, and when we see it, because we're so focused on ourselves, we think, well, surely he, he or she knows I had this baby and knows all that's involved and knows, knows, knows this, that, and the other. But that is not always the case. May think, well, you mentioned your husband did this, that, and the other, so I thought this, or I wasn't thinking of it, or, you know, I've been so busy, I'm sorry, I was completely blindsided not thinking of you at all, or whatever. But oftentimes just um, expressing, but some people, probably for their own personality, are so reticent to express their own needs. They want to pretend they don't have any needs. And, um, and have this wonderful sense of you first, which is great, servant leadership. But there are times when you need to say, you know, for me, this is what has to work. And I will be more effective and I will be more uh, per- efficient and productive and better for you and for this organization if these parameters are met. 
One of the first things I was thinking as you were reading, again, the scenario was about setting expectations. Like, And the communication is the key to being able to successfully do that. If you can establish some expectations between um, Christina and her manager or, you know, because who knows what what all that dynamic is like. But just to initiate a conversation, and it doesn't have to be, well, I have to leave at five, the end. It can't be that, right? It's a, well, I've been experiencing this, you know, talk about what's what it's been like for you. What is it like for you? Ask questions, you know, because there's a, there's a business need. There's work that has to be done. You have a job. So, you know, somehow it's got to get done. It doesn't mean that you, you know, get off free. You don't have to do it. But you, you do have to have some um, interchange with the other person to ensure that, what's, what, that everything is, um, is being covered. I yes. Think. Be, be empowered. Voice your concerns. Depending on the size of your company and the skill of your HR team, you may also be able to employ uh, human resources to help you. Uh, and uh, try to give people the benefit of the doubt because usually the manager will be caring and, and respond more positively than your nightmares anticipate. So that's good. One more question. Can we take one more? You think one more? We can. Then. Let's do it. Sure. Okay. So I don't have this person's name, but I love this letter because it is classic. I was promoted to management. It was so exciting to get the offer, the money, go out and celebrate with big dinner. Then last week I met with the team. It didn't take me two days to realize this was a huge, disastrous, awfully big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I should never have done it. One guy on the team should have been the manager. That is obvious. Another could have been. The third just looks at me like, what on earth are you in this position for? And now I am miserable when I loved what I did before. What do I do? You be a slave to money till you die. <laughs> no? Okay. Some, somebody else. Trying One approach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're only two days in. Is that what they said? Two days in? It, it says then... Uh, no, then last week I met the team. It didn't take me two days to realize that it was a huge, disastrous, awfully big mistake. Those are, there's a lot of adjectives there. <laughs> it reminds me of Alexander. The very the scary, terrible, terrible, horrible, horrible, horrible. No good, yeah. very bad yeah. day. I mean, maybe it's a little too soon to make that judgment. Maybe some management development and some consultation with your HR team or a, a seasoned manager that you respect would be a good idea because you know that transition period if especially if you're promoted from a level of peer and now you're managing that's what it people, looks like here, yeah, yeah that those are a little bit more challenging and there is a period of normalization that happens yes. and if there is a natural influential person that naturally people look to as a as another leader boy talk to that person and understand you know what what their view is on on their role but it, it might be a little too soon to make the decision that it was an awfully terrible, horrible, bad thing. Yeah, I mean, when is it time to pull the plug? It certainly seems like two days was a little bit much. It also seems to me, um, you know, the focus was was interesting because- Celebration. Excited to get the offer, the money, go out and celebrate with a big dinner. Reminds me of uh, some couple I met who was so focused on the wedding and the ceremony and the the whole shebang of the whole party, and they didn't last two weeks because it was really about the wedding 
and they admitted it was about the, the party. I mean, it sounds like that, like, hey, I was real excited to get this big dinner and the money and this, that, and the other. But almost, you know, so on the one hand, is it too soon? It seems too soon. On the other hand, it seems like you might have gone into this knowing that you never should have. Um, you might have, I mean, just in the way I'm reading it was, I did not take this for the right reasons. So even then, though, you, you might want to give this a little bit more uh, time to see if you can burn in and, and let it last. But think about your motives when you, when you, when you take a, a position, when you make a move, and um, not just whether it's your wallet or something else that's, that's driving it because your happiness and long term is, is important. So do we all agree, though, it's too soon to pull the plug? I think I think it's I mean, I was thinking about one of the things that was at the end where it said a disaster or something for the rest of my life. Is that was that in there? It's uh, no, but that's interesting. That you read that. In there. <laughs> are you writing about yourself again? And I am now miserable when I loved what I did before. OK, miserable. So I, I think that that's the thing is you compare. Uh, you have to think about what it is you want out of your day. Right. And, you know, if if in fact it turns out that you give it some time, you realize this is not a good fit you got to have that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. You don't continue down a path where you're miserable. And and if it just continues, but you have to be honest about it. You can't be like, well, this is the easiest thing. Or, you know, um, I don't really want to deal with the situation of, you know, building the team or any of that. You have to be honest with your motivation and what it is you're trying to do. But I think, you know, if, if you know, like if you truly know in your heart that that's not what you want, you got to act on it. So what about people who do act on it and then want to move back into that former position? I have seen that not work nine times out of 10, mm. that despite saying, big mistake, I want to go back into my individual contributor role, inevitably that person does not last in the organization. True or not true? And how do you what strategies would you give this person who say, wait, now you're telling me I'm miserable now and I'm going to be miserable and and not make it in my former job too? Is that what you're saying? And oftentimes I'm saying, yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. I think it's a call to a little self-examination about what it is you want. You know, you applied or accepted the job for a reason. So you got to think about what that is. And if it's simply, you know, you wanted something different, then that's one thing. If it's you're trying to feel like you're making progress on some career ladder. That's another thing. If there's something else, I think that um, it's important to understand your own reasons for why you do what you do in order to be able to make the next best decision because you don't want to, you know, continue down a an unfortunate path that just leads to more miserableness. It it also it also sounded like there was a thread of wanting everyone in the room to you know, love the fact that Applaud. you're there in that job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you move up, it, it doesn't matter if you're the CEO or vice president or director. There, often there will be somebody in the room who doesn't agree with what you're doing, thinks you're a knucklehead, shouldn't have the job, somebody else would be better. And that is just life. That's always, just, always the al case. Always. Right? Always the case. You have to learn to deal with it. Yeah, I would I would say as I as I listen to this this letter, the first thing I would step back before I did anything is I would work on my confidence. I would say what is it that others saw in me that 
made them think of me for this job. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask people, I want to write that down. And I want to really think about developing my confidence. The second thing I would think of is skills. What skills can I gain temporarily, even as I assess this uh, time frame, that will help me both now and in the future? Um, Understanding myself, understanding others, understanding team dynamics, understanding uh, the larger corporation or organization that I'm working in. What skills can I develop? What help can I get from training materials, books, seminars, et cetera, that can help me? Great podcasts that can change my life, help me aim higher, some of those. I like how you work that in. Isn't that good? Perfect. And, And the third thing is this. Every successful person I've ever met has a quality of resilience. And what you're showing here is that you're lacking in that muscle. So bouncing out of a job two days in says, you know, I haven't really, I haven't really developed this skill of resilience. I need to be a little bit more resilient and make sure that when I'm leaving this role, I'm leaving from a position of strength and not a position of weakness. And right now, you'd be seen as leaving it in a position of weakness. You'd be leaving and, and running from something. You'd be first hot day kind of kind of melts melts you out, and you're just done. That is not uh, leading with resilience. So I'd work on my confidence. I'd work on my skills, and I'd work on developing resilience because you're going to need those things whether you go back into your individual contributor role into a different management job, into a new industry or new company, those things will serve you well. And so look at this as a learning opportunity, look at it as a learning moment, and not just look at it as how your life turned miserable in uh, in a quick succession. I will say though, at least you got a really good dinner. I mean, it sounds like you got a good dinner, right? I mean, yeah. go out to dinner more often. Go out to dinner go more out often. Go out to dinner. Right. Celebrate something else. And you might find now that you're the leader of the team, find something that one of them did really well and take that person out to dinner and celebrate them and mm-hmm. give the, give them the focus and or you, fire everybody. I mean, there's a lot of options. Nice true. That's that's I don't want to end on that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. You know, uh, my favorite Vince Lombardi (laughs) quote, uh, you will all be fired with enthusiasm or fired with enthusiasm. (laughs) Hopefully you'll fire them up with enthusiasm and they will will be that. But I I do think you do have options and uh, work on yourself. Work on yourself. Don't just just run two days in. It seems a little – extreme. I would let I would let a little time go. It sounds to me like you're operating out of fear and anxiety and not operating from a place of strength. So that's what I would encourage you to do. So there are three questions about work from our mailbag. And I look forward to taking more of these questions because they're fascinating. You don't know what's going to come up, do you? you literally. No <laughs> literally, right. So so uh, that's the idea. I didn't, I didn't want to give you the letters in advance. And um, so I hope that we can help these three people, and I'd love to hear what happens with their uh, with their results. Maybe they'll say, by listening to this podcast, everything changed. We will see. But again, we take no responsibility, just the credit. <laughs> all credit, no responsibility, <laughs> like all good managers. <laughs> Thank you, and aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, 
Don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher. 